Hello, this is Scott Gordon. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, this is the biggest suitcase to ever play the game, Mike McKenna. This is Dale Weiss. Hey, this is Riley Cote. Hi, this is Bob Clark. You're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... You're listening to... Snow the Goalie. The Snow the Goalie. 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 Hi, my name is Ali Vigneault, coach of the Flyers. You're listening to Snow the Goalie. Snow the Goalie Radio here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. And usually, we start the show off with a really upbeat, happy tone. And sometimes I get on here and I'm a little bit sarcastically negative, but a lot has happened in the last week. And it is really hard to get excited about today's show, which we will, obviously. We are here. We're always excited to be here. But there is a very somber tone that we have to strike to lead off the show. Sure, there's the game on the ice. Sure, there are the results that lined up with uh, with the prediction from last week that the Flyers were going to go winless in three games, but it's not because of why we thought that was going to happen. The Oscar Lindblom diagnosis uh, with, with Ewing sarcoma has absolutely taken every Flyers fans, every media member, every person who works in the organization who has ever been around Oscar Lindblom. And it, it grounds you at a time of the year that's supposed to be full of, of happiness, holiday cheer, and instead it, I mean, it, it sort of galvanized the community, but it is a, a terrible diagnosis for a young man who's worked his entire life to get to this level, was in the midst of a breakout season, and I mean, honestly, the hell with the hockey side of this, it, it's, a, it's a young man's life, and now he's in for a real battle. So we, we lead off the show with that, and we'll obviously be getting into the on-the-ice things. A lot has happened on the ice, but feel like we need to open with that. I'm Russ Joy, at Joy on Broad, joined as always by Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter, at Ant Sanfilly. Yeah, Russ, it, this, is, this was a tough one. I mean, I, you know, I was um, on my way down to University of Delaware to pick up my daughter for end of semester coming home for uh, Christmas break, and uh, when the news broke... Um, and it, and I, I kind of feel I, I, I could tell you I felt like horrible because first thing was I, I sat there and said, man, I just wrote a story where I was, you know, kind of chiding the flyers for not telling us what Oscar Lindblom's quote unquote injury was. Right. I mean, the fact that they were, um, you know, withholding information. I mean, usually when you have a guy that's hurt. And then you have three days between the last time he played and you still haven't given an update. Like immediately I went concussion, right? That was my initial thought. Like, here we go. Flyers hiding concussions like they're good for. Yep. Right. Um, and I couldn't imagine that a team would would wait that long to tell you what the injury was other than a concussion. It didn't ever th- enter my thought process of any kind that this there would be a cancer diagnosis on the team. 
I, you just you just don't think that, right? You never see it coming. You never. You're right. You never see it coming, especially in a you know an athlete that's in incredible shape that's only 23 years old. Like that's the least likely person that you expect to, to see this with. Um, and then, it's, of course, it's a rare form of cancer, Ewing sarcoma. Sarcomas in general are rare cancers. Um, but this is, is a really rare form of cancer. And it just, it just hits you hard. Like, I mean, just like, holy cow. I, yeah, like you said, take the hockey out of it. Take everything out of it. Oscar Lindblom's a great kid. I mean, any time that I've talked to him, just a genuinely nice guy. Like, really you know we'll take the time and talk to you like he's not um he, you know he, he's not dismissive ever like he's really giving of his time and, and and the like and and this is this is it's just I, you know i don't know how it affects so like i'm affected by it as someone who's got like you know a you know secondary connection to the team right i can't only imagine can only imagine how this is impacting that locker room, especially as close as that locker room is. And we've talked a lot about that, how tight-knit that locker room is. I can only imagine how this is bothering those players. Because this is this is this is like a brother to them. And you know, I, you know, I, I don't I don't want to be the guy and I you know, I talked to Kevin Kincaid about this, you know, about maybe potentially writing this and then we decided not to um you know, just because you don't want to you don't want to be a downer, right? I mean, but I talked I you know, I used to work in um for a short period of time I, I worked for a medical magazine and the magazine that I worked for uh was all about um uh research in hematology and oncology so cancer research blood disorders things along those lines so i have some people that i that i can talk to um just about you know ewing sarcoma and 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 and, you know what what kind of fight oscar limblom is limblom is facing here and yeah there's great stories out there of people who've overcome it i mean mark herslick the former linebacker from the giants he had ewing sarcoma he overcame it you know um but it's an, from what I'm told, it's in a very aggressive cancer. It, if you catch it early, the, the data suggests that your five-year survival is 70%. That's if you catch it early. Seven in ten chance of living five years. That sounds horrible, doesn't it, Russ? Yeah. I mean, I just, want, just, just saying no, when that. You, when you said that to me on the phone, yeah. when, it, when we initially found out... I was beside myself. Yeah. Because I I look at it. He's 23. I'm 29. Yeah. Right. I've got friends who are 23. Right. I'm not that far removed from that. Yeah. And to think about at that point in your life when you're riding an all-time high, and like I said, you've reached the pinnacle of this game. You've put all those hours, all those weeks, those months, those years of hard work, and it gets taken from under you. It's one thing if it's an injury. Right, it's it's one thing you tear a ligament in your knee, you're out for a bit, rupture your Achilles, take a bad cut like we saw in an OHL game mm-hmm. in the past week. Those are those are workplace hazards, right? Those are those are risks that you kind of assume when you sure. sign up to play the game. And it's not even something like we've talked about with Nolan Patrick, where it's concussions or migraines or whatever whatever is going on with him. That's an unfortunate consequence if it's concussion related, not migraine, but 
that's something that can happen as a result of playing the game. An aggressive, rare form of cancer is not something that, that anyone signs up for a job expecting. Right. This is the kind of thing that you would expect, like, construction worker, right? Like the mesothelioma kind right. of thing, right? Where you yes. say, okay, well, you've been exposed to things, and, like, maybe something has gone amiss. This is something that's just so... I mean, it, it kind of rattled me to the core when I, yeah. when I got the news, Uh just because of our our how close he and I are in age, and it's and I know how it, it kind of rocked me, and then I thought about the guys in that locker room, and we always talk about how it's a young team. Keep this in mind: the oldest guy on the roster right now is Brian Elliott. He's thirty four. Aside from him, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys who are in their thirties. That's JVR, Voracek, Raffle, Stewie. Justin Braun, Claude Giroux, and Matt Niskanen. Everyone else on the roster is younger than 30 years old. In fact, Lindblom is the 18th oldest guy on the team. Everybody below, everybody else is younger than 23. Yeah. So you're talking about a young, impressionable locker room. One that Kevin Hayes recently called the tightest that he's ever been a part of. And you would hope that those guys could band together when something on the ice, a, a, a losing streak hits, something goes sideways, there's a bad injury, there's a TK concussion. Right. But this is something totally different. And this is really going to test yeah. how, how close and how supportive not only this team is, but this coaching staff and this organization as a whole. They've got to rally together because this could go so badly so quickly and it had nothing to do with hockey yeah and, and look uh, look oscar's still with us hopefully he's still with us for a long 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 time um but i remember talking uh to some of the pl- flyers i mean this is years later but i remember talking to some of the flyers who were on the team when pelly Lindbergh died tragically in a car accident and how that affected the locker room and those guys to a man said it was a mess i mean they were they were a mess Mm -hmm. now again this is not the same okay but it's on that path Mm -hmm. right it's on that same path toward something tragic okay so you have to wonder and that flyers team back then in the mid 80s was a very young team that very similar to this flyers team and so you you have to wonder you know just how much that's impacting look you can combine a lot of things flyers have lost three in a row okay in regulation and and have not looked good this week you could chalk it up to the fact that they are riddled with injuries playing a bunch of ahl players okay just not able to get it going but you have to think that a part of them going a little bit off the rails has to be the impact of finding out that one of their teammates has a rare form of aggressive cancer that you know i gave you the five-year survival for if they caught it early early. yeah as aggressive as this is it gets progressively worse with each stage so that 70 percent is catching in early stage one right maybe maybe stage two i I don't know i'm not 100 percent um but if it metastasizes Five-year survival is fifteen percent. That's one five. Okay, I, I don't know. 
I have no he, idea where, he at. where he's at. I mean, the Flyers are not saying anything. Okay. Our friend Bill Meltzer pointed out that it's upper and, that it's upper, upper body. body. Now it's usually it, uh, from Ewing sarcoma is usually found um, in in uh, in the bones or the soft tissue around the bones in an extremity. Okay, usually. So when he calls it upper body, you have to assume it's an arm. Um. But also it could be, and this is this is. I don't want to sound awful. I mean, I, and I hope I'm wrong with this. I hope I'm way wrong with this. But if it's metastasized. A lot of times, the first place it metastasizes to is the lungs. So, I, I, again, we're not trying to. Yeah, and, and, and I, I, we're I, not trying to be at all doom and gloom. It's just I, I don't. It, it's a, it's, in, it's in, perspective, man. You got to, yeah. you got to look at it that way. You got to look at it with reality. Fight, and a lot of times people say, "Well, you know, they're professional athletes. They're backed by." one of the biggest conglomerates in in the entire world in Comcast. He's going to get the best medical care, yeah. which is all true. But money doesn't buy you a guarantee. Yeah. It might get you better treatment. But it doesn't it doesn't get rid of the disease. Correct. And so when I saw, you know, people were putting out the uh, the address of where to send cards to Oscar Lindblom. You know, there were some people who were like, "Ah, oh, does he really need them?" Yeah. Yeah, absolutely he does. Yes, he needs it. He needs any bit of human... Co- we always talk about the human connection on this show because it, it so often is, I think, undervalued across the board. He needs as much support as he can get from as many people as he can yeah. get. And I'll, I, t- I, I'll tell you one of the things that the fans are doing that is um, fantastic, awesome. Trying to get him named captain for the Metropolitan Division at the All-Star Game. It'd be great. Would be unbelievable. Yep. I mean, there, there are, there are, so, you know, there are ways for the fans to send a message, and that would be, um, and that's hockey fan. That's not just Philadelphia Flyers fans. Of course, you expect the Philadelphia Flyers fans to be behind that, right? But that's hockey fans, Russ. Like that's people recognizing yep. more than just you know, than just talent or skill. That's people recognizing the human side of of this sport. I hope it happens. Uh, I don't know if there's a. Tra- I don't think there's a tracking thing for that, but I really hope it happens. Look, if if NHL fans could get John Scott, who seemed like a lovely man, <laughs> yes, onto the All Star team, but that kind of came. I was kind uh, of surprised. And, it, and NHL has put protections in to so that prevent that again. from happening again, right? But this is different. So this is more grassroots in a lot of ways. Brought up the NHL, and let me just say this, and I know that it causes a ton of issues logistically and that it would be an absolute scheduling nightmare. But the fact that less than 24 hours after this diagnosis became public, the Flyers were expected to go and play against Minnesota is dehumanizing to me. And the fact that the next day, I mean, it's not like they had one game and then there were going to be three or four days off to to grieve and cope and, Mm -hmm. and try to band together. It was 24 hours later, bang, you've got Minnesota. 24 hours after that, bang, you're out in Winnipeg. I I think that the league, maybe it's it maybe part of it's the team. I wonder if there were conversations about postponing or rescheduling at least one of these games. I wonder if the if the leadership trio down with the Flyers decided that it's better to get your mind off of what's going on by playing the game. I mean, we'll ask that tomorrow, I'm sure. Um but to me, conceptually, the idea of expecting players to go out and play 
after just learning this to me is just so hard to imagine and anything that happened in the Minnesota game to me is null and void any negative play that came out of it any lack of energy none of it matters the next day all right I you know I guess people expect you to to grieve and cope within a certain period of time and then it was kind of back at it for a lot of fans the next day but for me I I think that something should have been done that if these players mentally were not in the mental space given all of the attention that mental health and mental um you know mental health is in in this country at this point in sports if they weren't ready to play these two games they should have been rescheduled that's just my opinion and i think that assuming that you know they were only played because the team decided that it was worth it if that wasn't the case then to me i think this is a, a real real dark cloud for the NHL. And I'm sure that not a lot of people will call them on it, but I, I think it's a disgrace those games were played unless, again, the Flyers players themselves decided that they would rather go out and try to get away from it for a bit. Should the team reconsider their marketing campaign? It has to be gone. Right? It has to be gone. You can't have Flyer die anymore. No. I thought that Flyer die from the start... I never was, liked it. Was was problematic. <laughs> I never liked it, but that not I, for this reason. And I'll tell you why, though, because when they did the cancer awareness warm-ups before a game, fly or die, if I remember, was still used mm-hmm. in in the arena, and there was a small group of fans who said, "Isn't it kind of bleeped up that you're trying to raise awareness about cancer and you're using fly or die?" I mean, there. If I remember correctly, I thought they recognized some cancer survivors they talked about cancer Mm -hmm. organizations and they were still rolling with fly or die and to me that i think is why that's a little bit problematic with the philadelphia union they use join or die classic slogan colonial times founding fathers got it all right they use colonial imagery makes sense but fly or die to me it's catchy you remember it but it just felt like it always had the potential to go sideways mm-hmm. and it's got to be gone we had i had somebody reach out to me uh who works in or around wells fargo center who said that all of the flyer die stuff is gone flat, to. Out, flat out gone i don't know if it's been trashed i don't know if it's put in storage but it's gone so that's going to raise its own interesting question is what is this team going to do to market this squad i mean we've talked on numerous occasions about how I think the organization really dropped the ball as far back as the summer right? when it came to marketing this team. Uh, unless you're a, a, a tried-and-true orange and black fan, I don't think you can go up to a casual fan right now who occasionally would check in on the Flyers, and they could name you more than three players on this team. Three might be a push. They'd get Giroux. They might get Voracek or Couturier, and then they'd probably say the goalie, and they would call him the goalie. They wouldn't even know Carter Hart. Uh they're going to have to figure this out quick. And if they had the entire offseason or the entire last season to come up with a marketing campaign and the best they could do is fly or die and you have no idea who any of the players are, I'm not so sure that they're going to be able to figure this thing out uh, well, they a also, week's notice. They, they also don't have a marketing director right now, for what it's worth. Not a good look. I'm just saying. I mean, it's 
kind of hard to have a marketing plan when you don't have a marketing director. I think you talked about that on Press Row Show. I did. Last time we did. I did. If you want to let people know what's well, going on. So, I mean, you know, we, we all know that there have been a lot of changes uh, over the course of the last 12 months um, with the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, and it's not just been on the hockey operations side. There's been a lot of changes on the business side of things as well. And I will tell you that as volatile as the situation was on the hockey operations side, it was even more volatile uh, on the business side. Some uh, really good people were fired or laid off, however you want to, you know, I guess they weren't fired. I guess they were laid off. Um or flat out quit, walked away, um, or you know sought other jobs and then eventually left. And we're talking about a dozen, 15, 20 people, like legitimate people, not you know not interns and lower level. I mean, they all everybody's got a job to do, right? And everybody's everybody's got an important role. But I'm talking top of the food chain types at on the business side of the team and the most recent one uh joe heller is their marketing director he left uh, he took a job with the uh, uh philadelphia conference and visitors bureau which is great it's a great gig for him um but he left too and they're now looking for a new marketing person and i'll tell you it it just seems to me that everyone that i've talked to on their way out or um you know word around the campfire is they just don't like the environment on the business side of the team right now it's not it's not about you know and, and we, we talked about the fact that they struggle to get butts in seats um fans have become a little bit apathetic and and that's not on the fans to me that's on the team i mean they, they put themselves in the situation that they're in um but i also think it's a disconnect it's people that are running the show on the business side of the organization who don't get this fan base don't get it because they got people who are now running the show who are not from here who've not worked here who don't understand philadelphia and sports and their connection to each other and it's it's you're seeing a drastic drop off in attendance interest um and, and just over overall decisions that leave you scratching your head now if they get rid of fly or die if in fact your your source is correct and that is happened and they've wiped it all out might be the smartest thing they've done on a business as on the business side of things might be the smartest thing they've done in, in, in over a year and look and I, you could sit there and say you know gritty was smart gritty was lucky i still think that they took it too far that they they market gritty and they don't market the team mm-hmm. i mean that's that's a mistake that's a wrong headed approach for this organization um but there's no doubt gritty was a success um but i mean that's other than that like what do you what do you got what do you got otherwise like they're just not doing it right and that's and that's part of the problem and that's part of the issue so you know i i just i just find it frustrating all the way around just the the way that they kind of the way that they kind of handle things so on that side i don't know i I didn't mean to get into that segment of the conversation i I know there were other things we wanted to talk about but we got 
we got a lot of stuff on ice to talk about. We got you know other injuries. We got Joel Farabee probably getting suspended. We got you know a trade that the, a lot of fans wanted the Flyers involved in, but fa- was never going to happen. Was never going to happen. Taylor Hall going to the Arizona Coyotes and the New Jersey Devils. So there's a lot there's to a talk lot. about. There's a lot, and the the I've already picked the name of this episode. Yeah, and we're going to get to it on the other side. It's picking up the pieces. Okay, We've got to figure out where the team goes from here. Yeah, and of course, if you're listening, which you are. And you want to get in and give us your thoughts on everything we've discussed so far and everything that we have coming after the break, give us a call. 888-728-9941. Again, that's 888-728-9941. This is Snow the Goalie on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. And we are back here on Snow the Goalie Radio here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. The phone lines are already filling up, Anthony. Yeah. A lot of people want to share their thoughts on the Flyers. We're going to get to that momentarily. Uh, again, if you wanted to get in, 888-728-9941. Again, that's 888-728-9941. Before we get to the phones, got some breaking news here, Anthony. Yeah? DraftKings Sportsbook is officially available in Pennsylvania. As the trusted leader in daily fantasy, DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting and is already America's top-rated sportsbook app. They are really great. I used them the other day. With so much going on this week, you'll definitely want to take advantage of the convenience to bet wherever, whenever with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. This week, DraftKings has a pro basketball promo you won't want to miss. It's simple. Bet on Philly to win. If they score 76 points first and end up losing, you get back up to $25. Plus, DraftKings is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know that your funds are safe and secure. And if you're already betting in PA, bet with another book and take advantage of DraftKings and their great sign-up offer. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code CROSSINGBROAD when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a free bet just for signing up. Plus, when you make your first bet, you can get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Don't forget, sign up with the code CROSSINGBROAD to place your first bet, and you can get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Anthony, you had a winner last week. I did. Back on the good Let's get some good news. Back on the good side. Uh, eight and four now uh, since we've been doing these picks. Uh, so not bad. Uh, you know, 66% in hockey. That's pretty good, right? What uh, was it? Bob said, uh, Big Bet Bob last week on Crossing Broadcast said, well, you know, it's not like we're... Uh we're getting, you know, 67%. Yeah. That's impossible. Yeah. Exactly. Not if you're Anthony Sanfilippo. Picking one game a week. Uh, so with that said... Successful Sanfilippo. I'm going to give you two games this week. Only because I think one of them is too easy. Whoa. One of them is too easy, so I feel like i got to get Let's do a two. parlay. So uh, the LA Kings are the worst road team in hockey. They're terrible. Okay. And they're going into Boston tomorrow night. Okay. Boston's excellent. It, Bruins got a cakewalk, right? Okay. You got to take the Bruins there, uh, but that but because the odds on that game will probably be really high, I got to give you another game. Hold on, what was it? Where were the odds in the first one? I didn't even look at the odds. You want you could look at the odds if you want. First. I, I just look at the game. You just want my picks. I'm telling okay, you, who's going to win Keep the game. Going. I picked the Bruins to beat the Kings tomorrow night. Eat, but I know people are going to sit there and say that's an easy one. So I'll give you a little bit harder one. Uh, is this the third one? No, this is the second one. Okay, Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. Just traded for Taylor Hall. Sure did. Traded two draft picks and three prospects to the Devils for Taylor Hall. They're going for it. And I've been telling people is this team is going to be a, a, a tough out in the Western Conference, and they just got a little tougher. 
they just got a little tougher. I see them as a team that could could reach the conference finals, if not the Stanley Cup final from the Western Conference. They're going to San Jose. Mm-hmm. Sharks are in another. They're in a completely different situation. Just fired their entire coaching staff. Yep. Brought in a whole brand new staff. Looked terrible in their first game under the new staff. It's going to take a while mm-hmm. before that gets rectified. Coyotes in San Jose tomorrow night. I'll take the Yotes. So outright, outright. Bruins and Coyotes tomorrow night. One at home, one on the road. They're my two picks. Give you two picks this week. So you got plus one twelve. What was the first thing that you said? Bruins. They got to be. They got to be like minus one seventy. I would think maybe even more than that. Bruins tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night. It's got to be more. It's. I mean, they got to be a heavy. The Kings are terrible on the road. One of the worst worst road teams in hockey. I don't see it. Oh, there. Uh, uh, they are minus two fifty. Yeah, it's even higher. Yeah. Okay. That's what I said. It's two. So, so the. So let's the va- parlay those two together. The value bet is the Coyotes. Oh. oh. All right. So parlay the two together. Yeah. Your uh, your Boston pick is minus two fifteen right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah. And the Arizona over San Jose is plus one twelve. Uh huh. Hundred dollar bet gets you two hundred ten. There you go. Not bad. That's good. That's that's a good value bet. That's then. a good value bet. Parlay the two together. Parlay the two together. And then we'll figure it out for next week if it was successful or not. That's right. We'll Hashtag you know. successful San Filippo. That's right. Hey, Rolls get- right off the tongue. <laughs> hey, like we said, don't forget, go check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. Deposit bonus requires 25-time playthrough. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to the phones. Yes. 888-728-9941. Let's go to William on the phone. William, you're on Snow the Goalie here on 610 ESPN. Hey, what's up, gentlemen? How are you doing today? Doing How's good, it going? Yeah, I'm Zeppelin PA, too. Every, every once in a while, I'm on the, uh, the Twitter or I'm on the Facebook. It all depends which way I open up. Over there for the Press Row Show. Yes. Love, love, having, you on the, love having you on the Press Row Show. Thanks for this is the first time. This is the first time on Snow the Goalie, though, right? That is correct. Oh, that is see, correct. Now, Thanks for giving us a call. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, I, I'm, I I love going down to the Flyers, but it's hard right now. Now they're now they're reaching. They're trying to give us no fees, but they're not lowering the prices. The prices are out of control right now, as you said on the press road show. But at the same time, now it seems like it's a it's more than it's just a business now. It's not a fan base Flyers hockey team like it used to be when the Snyders owned it. They cared about the fans. Comcast is just a business, and that's that's destroying our team and the atmosphere down here. Yeah, and and, and you know what? It'd be different uh, if they were winning, right? If they were, if their last few seasons you had a winning team or a competitive team, it was making a decent run in the playoffs. If they were running it like a business, you you wouldn't be happy about it, right? But you'd at least accept it, right? Because you're getting a good product. But they they chose to go nuclear in a lot of ways here because they decided to say we're going to. S- <laughs> screw you the fans while we're just they an did. average or mediocre team i mean that's that's why it got as bad as it's gotten right correct that's correct and and like you made a point before that all the renovations they're charging for us they're 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 throwing that bill to us yes as season flyer season ticket holders are, are taking a bath when it comes to those renovations sixers prices went up what ever so slightly and they're a team that correct. went they're, they're a team that's a that's a championship contender the flyers two, top top two in the i just yeah, got two tickets East. for my son's birthday for for 40 for 80 bucks 40 bucks front row for the sixers because it was you know the team wasn't that great jj reddick but still 80 bucks yeah that's front a, row. <laughs> and there you go there that's the difference 80 dollars gets you an upper level ticket from directly from the flyers for the flyers and that's yeah. you know not even including the fees that they would usually hit you with plus a 22 dollars parking correct. that's 
plus the $20, I don't know, $22. Six, $16, $16. If you go to Shake Shack, love Shake Shack. But if you go to Shake Shack, <laughs> 16 on your own, take a kid, take two kids, whatever. You, you oh. can't go down there. Yeah, it's expensive. That's your paycheck. It's yeah, a, exactly. It's, it's expensive. Here's another question for you guys. Yeah. Besides, you got your Swedish fish? <laughs> love Swedish fish. Hey, now. Listen. That if there was one good thing that the organization has done in the last year, <laughs> it is the change where they went from doubling up on the kinds of M&Ms to adding Swedish fish to the uh, to the press availability. Uh, there you go. Now, here's here's my my thing. Have you noticed that a lot of Flyers players are actually becoming better coaches and we don't have none of them? Well, they're they're all they, they they were all here in some capacity, right? At some point, uh, but yeah, Bar- I mean, Barubi won, wins the Stanley Cup uh, last year. Uh, Tockett has got the uh, Coyotes playing really great brand of hockey. Brindamore has got the uh, the uh, Hurricanes playing a really good brand of hockey. Yeah, yep. I mean, it, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, all these guys were at one time or another linked to this organization or even linked to the conversation as being potential coaches. Uh, that said, I would have been more upset about this last year, William, if 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 uh, if this was happening and the, and the Flyers still had Dave Hackstall. But with Elaine right. v- with Elaine Vigneault in, in town now, I, 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 it's hard to complain because I think that he's a really good coach and he's done. I, all- I agree. He is a good coach, he's, and you, got, you actually got what four of them there. <laughs> Yeah, well, you do. I mean, right? you, you yeah. have three assist, three, three assistant yeah. coaches. Yeah, and, and they've done more yeah. this year. They've done more this year with with less than than any other coach who's come in previously with this with a very similar group. With 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 the firing of that one guy, did Haxall take over that job? No, he's the assistant. He's the assistant coach with Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, and thanks for they call. missed we a great opportunity, um, and just like the Flyers have missed a great opportunity in two games, they never gave him a thank they you. Never gave no a thanks hashtag hack. thanks hack. Thanks, Hack. Video tribute. <laughs> yeah, they had the opportunity. No, he stayed. But um, again, there's a there's turmoil in an organization, and somehow Dave Hackstall survives it. Yep. Mike Babcock Teflon is fired. Teflon Don. And they bring in Sheldon Keefe mm-hmm. uh, from the Toronto Marlies minor league hockey team, and you know he was they were been grooming him to be the next coach. Um, but when they brought him in, Dave Hackstall stays as the Toronto Maple Leafs assistant coach. Unreal. It's fascinating. Let's go back to the phone lines again. 888-728-9941. Steven! You're on Snow the Goalie Radio. Hey. Hey, how are you guys? Good, Steve. What's up, bud? Hey. Um, so kind of going off the whole thing of picking up the pieces, um, I the thing that's been kind of sticking in my mind watching this team, I kind of think back to last year. If you guys remember the Buffalo Sabres from last year, they looked like they were, you know, on the fast track to be at least like a top three team coming into the East. They looked like they were going to do really well and they were doing really well up until all of December last year and then it all kind of fell apart and then from December on of last year they were just abysmal and didn't even make the playoffs I'm kind of concerned that that might be this kind of the same road that the Flyers are going down I know that the Flyers have banked up points and that they've got an easy schedule coming up but once January hits they're going to run into a bunch of tough teams again you're going to hit the Capitals again you're going to hit the Bruins again how concerned are you guys that you know they might be kind of like a paper tiger or um, be like like the Buffalo Sabres from last year? That's a great question. Um, I, I think that they have more of a chance of being a paper tiger if they don't get healthy. I mean, if they stay like they are now with the roster they're putting together now, they're going to get obliterated in January. But you, you, I think if there was a time, if you look at this calendar, if there was a time for all of these injuries and lineup um, turmoil to kind of happen, it's now. 
and that's not to say that oh it's okay to lose three straight games you know and and you'll be okay you'll survive it but at least it's it's at a time uh, in the season when they have fewer games uh and the and the competition <laughs> isn't as as strong yeah, you know, yes. I, I actually view it as the inverse of that. No, I don't. They hung, I, I know, hung with no, everybody. No, listen, I know, I know what your thought process is there. Okay. But I, I kind of look at it as if you have your full arsenal of weapons, you easily crush a bunch of the teams that you're about to play, and it might be at at best a fifty fifty shot against like a Boston anyway. And if you get hit with some of these injuries and it's against a bunch of teams that you might not have had that great of a shot of beating in the first place. Those results are kind of what they are. The problem becomes if you start losing to these teams that you're about to play. If you start dropping results to bad teams, or what would have comparatively been bad teams if you had your full arsenal, that's what actually hurts you more. Because then instead of it being a three-game losing streak against good teams, you could hit like six or seven games between bad and good teams. But I, I know what you're saying. Like I, yeah, I get it. My point is, is that they've hung with the good teams this year. Sure. They, I mean, I know. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I'm. Went shoot out with Washington, beat Boston in Boston. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they've won some games. They beat Carolina twice. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they, Toronto. Um, you know, they what two zero and one against them. Yeah. So I mean, they've they've hung with some good teams this year. Uh, so uh, like I said, if if you're going to have a time in the season when you struggle, uh, or you have injuries that are causing you to struggle, you'd rather it be when you have fewer games and against weaker weaker competition. Yeah, and I think if I can make another quick point, kind of yeah. going off of Ant's point, is to, like, you, I don't think we have a lot of depth coming in from the Phantoms because we called up our two biggest prospects in Farabee and Frost, and we don't really have a lot more firepower coming from the Phantoms. So if they can't really get healthy anymore, we don't really have any more big bullets to call up and kind of fight with these big teams, too. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's a little concerning for me. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we, we had heard for for – you know, the last several years about all this depth that the Flyers have, all these kids that are coming, all these kids that are coming. Well, they're here, right? Here they are. You yep. got Farabee, you got Frost, you got Phil Myers, Sanheim, you know, uh, Carter Hart's now here, whatever. They're all playing. And the thing of it is, is that they're not, you know, really putting up you know any kind of production and that's to be expected it's not knocking i mean carter hart obviously has been great but other than that that's not knocking these guys it's not saying that they're not good prospects that you know they very well may be but this is why i always say you can't just sit there and call for the prospects to be playing at the nhl level because when you do and you have a team full of them, you see what happened yesterday in Winnipeg. You see what happened Saturday in Minnesota. Those kinds of games will occur, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, well, gee, well, why aren't we winning? Well, you're not, you're not winning because you have too much youth playing at the same time. They need to still be down in the minors. And secondly, as you just pointed out, Steve, you, you've now depleted your minor league system. I mean, who's, who's down there that can really come up at this point? I mean, Rupsov, maybe? I mean, he's healthy. When he, he's with, when yeah, he's he healthy, wasn't even that good when yeah, he came up. Well, he was not ready, but I'm not saying you know he would have to be healthy to come up. Um, but I mean, that's it. I mean, who else? I mean, they've called up everybody there's, that they can call no. up. They've called there's, them all up. No, unless you're going with like a like a um, career tweener, like an older no. minor leaguer who's you know had some cups of coffee in the NHL before, maybe. But other than that, that's it. There's no Greg Ward waiting down there. No, no, there's not a Greg Ward waiting down there. Well, Steve, awesome. thanks, 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 for, uh, yep. thanks for calling. Thanks for the call, Steve. If I remember correctly, Steve is also uh, one of our regular check-ins on uh, the Press Row Show. I'm 99% sure. You know who's not a regular check-in on the Press Row Show? Who's that? Ryan Lennox. That's true. 
He runs a 610 ESPN account. He sits behind the glass. He does a lovely job producing this show. He's not... Notice that a week ago, he was in here wearing all New York Giants gear. And now all of a sudden, he's... Yeah, look, he's, he's dressed in all black today. Listen, Midja. After Zach Ertz's performance the last term. few weeks... I won my fantasy football league unless <laughs> unless Drew Brees hits a sixty pointer tonight, it's all over with. So because of that, oh wait, I'm hold on, you have a chance to lose. Please, Drew Brees hitting six, Jameis Winston hit sixty points in up, some in some leagues. Yeah, but Brees last week, as great as he was, only put up forty nine. Yeah. So. so I'm donating fifty dollars of my winnings to the Zach Ertz uh, Family Foundation. That's I nice. think you should donate some of your money, since this is a hockey show, to Oscar Strong. Yeah, Oscar Strong. Yeah, but here, but that's what I think you should do. But Ross, I think wait, you should shave that ridiculous beard. But that's beyond other. I things. think you should stop <laughs> trying to be Stone Cold Steve Austin with that little goatee back there. All right, enough, boys. Uh, I got I to separate the children here in the studio. Uh, but no, the point is, is that. Like you would really, Rye, you would really enjoy the press row show because we always have the opportunity to read comments from people on the press row show yep. who are following along, and we read everything. We yes, don't we skip do. anything. So Russ might, I mean, uh, I jumped on before. Ryan might say when something. When did you jump onto the press row? I show? jumped on one time. I you said, fraud. "Whoa, Mr. Hopkins!" Oh, oh that's, that's right. right. <laughs> he did. You did. That's right. All right. Time. Let's All right. give it up for Ryan Lennox. Yes, he did. On the other side of the glass. <laughs> yeah, the press row show. It's a place to be. We'll be there Tuesday, Thursday. Saturday is a question mark, but Tuesday, Thursday for well, sure. I'll be there Saturday. You might be a question mark on yeah. Saturday, but that's well, right. if I'm not there, you can't do it. True. Yeah. Makes my life easier. Then I can go get snacks during intermission. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, you're on Snow the Goalie here on 610 ESPN. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, how's it uh, going, Jerry? So to kind of, uh, kind of piggyback off what the last guy was talking about and how uh, right now the fans are, you know, pretty depleted. Uh, and there's, you know, uh, nothing Fletcher can really do as far as call-ups. Um and if you kind of look at the trade market right now and who's out there and who's available, um, would somebody like Anthony Duclair kind of uh, interest you guys if Fletcher can bring him in and make the uh, cap numbers work? I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with a player like that, but the question is, what's it going to cost you? I mean, that's, right. I mean, that's, I mean, ultimately, it depends on, on the cost. And, you know, these guys, um, you know, they, uh, they value draft picks a lot more than fans do, right? I mean, they really look at these draft picks as legitimate assets. Um, and that's why you really only see them picks go at the deadline, maybe at the draft if you're trying to move something around, um, or in a blockbuster-type trade like you saw today with Taylor Hall. And even then, it was a first-rounder in one year and a third-rounder in another year, right? So it's, like, so it's not like even you know Phoenix, or Phoenix, Arizona had to give up two picks in the same draft. I mean, they worked it out with the Devils to say, look, we'll give you two picks, but it's got to be one one year, one the next, because they really value these, these draft picks. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, there are plenty of players that I would say bring them in if it would help the team um, but at the same time it, it really all depends Jerry, on, on what the cost is exactly so you know if Fletcher decides to stand pat I mean looking at their schedule coming up they got Anaheim tomorrow and I think uh, I forget who they have the last two games of this mini home stand they got coming up but I mean if things continue to slide and their big guns you know can't get them through this uh, this stretch they're going through with you know, TK out, Long's going to be out, uh, who knows how long. 
Um, you know, how long would you guys expect Fletcher to stand pat before you know he maybe looks to shake you know shake things up and pull the trigger and bring somebody in? Yeah, well, so the rest of the schedule this week is Buffalo and then um, Saturday's Ottawa. Um, so, so that's yeah. So I mean, it's not like it's it's a brutal schedule. Uh, so just so you know, keep in mind another thing is is that um, the NHL has the holiday trade freeze. Um, you're not, not allowed to make any trades uh, during the holiday. It's usually a week, uh, and it's usually like the 23rd to the 30th or 22nd to the 29th, somewhere in that vein. Um, so really, I mean, you've got to say at least through the end of the year. Uh, and so you're talking about another, what's that, three, four, five, six, seven games um, that they got to play. Um, but when you look at those seven games, I mean, who's the toughest team on this in, on this upcoming seven games? Anaheim, Buffalo, Ottawa, the Rangers, San Jose, Anaheim again, and L.A. That's Buffalo, hands down. Right, that's what I'm saying, man. But, but then other than that, and, and that's, that game's at home where the Flyers are really good. So other than that, you're not playing a, tough, a real tough schedule. So I think that they're going to hope that they can survive this and kind of get through it. And then if you know maybe Chuck realizes maybe it gets to a point where it's like okay now we're going to hit that real tough January schedule and we get to that if we're still struggling still not where we need to be maybe that's a time you consider doing it uh, but I don't think it happens yeah. I don't think it happens before then yeah it makes sense let's just hope the uh, guys are getting paid the uh, big bucks actually start to earn their money yeah absolutely hey Jared thanks for, thanks the, call. for the call appreciate you checking in. And now we're going to go over. Wow, look at this. We're up to. This is caller number five. Yes. We should have had a prize for caller number five. What do you got, Ryan? Right. Yeah, they can have your shirt, Ross. It's a men's extra small. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Lennox, how many shows here on 610 ESPN get, get, a t- get this many calls in an hour? Every show. Get out of town. No, <laughs> Except for Crossing Broad. No, come on. You're, you're a fake news. Let's go to Neil. Neil, you're on Snow the Goalie here on 610 ESPN. Uh, gentlemen, how are you guys doing this afternoon? Great. Doing well, Neil. How are you? Uh, well, the traffic out here sucks on the Blue Route in this weather, but... Um, My friend, you just said traffic and the Blue Route. Uh, um, <laughs> struggle coming home from building over every night, but other than that, I like some good flyer talk. Thanks. Um, I'm going to piggyback off the other callers, but I'm going to take it in a different direction, and I'm going to kind of harken back to most of last year. Um, but this year... Even before the injuries, the Flyers have become a really good home team. There seems to be, in my opinion, more attention to detail at home. They check. Guys even like Voracek get back and forth check. And um, the the PK is more intense at home. Um, Carter Hart has become a great goalie at Wells Fargo Center. He's a little bit above average on the road. Point is, I I think – now, with Lindblom definitely out for the entire year, without reading the crystal ball, seeing who Chuck Fletcher may trade for, I would work on finding another veteran defenseman, sharpening up the second pairing of Sanheim and Braun, and becoming a team that is not going to score six goals a night, but you're going to limit the opponent to two because right up before this road trip, with a lot of good wins at Wells Fargo, and even some on the road against good teams, they were, they were only giving up two goals a night, 20 shots a night. And I, even with the lack of production from the big guns, you know, Giroux is playing a nice two-way game. Couturier is a great two-way player. Why not reconsider for this year? And I think they could, they, could, they could go far. I'm not saying win a cup, but go out, get a veteran defenseman, and 
change your identity and be a team that just suffocates opposing teams and you win with two, three goals a night. And I think the Flyers have the goaltending to pull this off. Well, Neil, you know what the you know what the funny thing is, Neil? That's exactly what the Coyotes are doing. Right? I mean, the Coyotes have a couple of top-end guys, although they just traded for Taylor Hall. I mean, but they really only have a couple guys. They don't score a lot, but the way that they play in their own end, they really take away the middle of the ice. They limit you to shots from the outside. Their goaltenders are a couple of guys who, you know, aren't aren't household names. in Darcy, Darcy Kemper. Yeah, right, and Antti Ranta, and you know, neither one. And those guys are playing great, and you sit there and say, well, how are they doing it? Well, that's exactly what they're doing, right? So that's the style right, and- that they're playing and it's working without you know having a roster of all 30 teams in front of me some of these teams start falling off i mean i know ottawa has made uh, a little resurgence lately but um you know if if, if the devils if the devils are going to be selling off they may be reluctant to make a trade with a division rival but you know the ad greens of the world or the or the vatnins of the world um you know teams that the Kings. You mentioned the Kings earlier. You know, I, I, you know, they. I don't know what they'd want for Drew Doughty, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Hey, but you'd have to, you'd have to match you know, that salary. That's the problem. Exactly, but like a Rob Hainsey type that yeah. um, is going to solidify your second pair, and then Travis Sanheim can drop down to a third pairing, and just become a team, as you mentioned with the Coyotes. It just grinds the hell out of you. You can go far in this Eastern Conference, man. You can. I'm telling you, you can. You absolutely being a homer by saying that. No, no, you absolutely can. And one of the things that just to, and, and thanks for the call, Neil. I appreciate it. One of the things I want to point out with that is that you know you talk about how they play at home. Um, that's all coaching. Russ, yep, it really is, and and you start saying, well, why doesn't it work on the road? Why? And and one thing that you 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 really that guy, I think a lot of people fail to realize sometimes is when you're a home team in hockey. You get to match up who you want. I mean, you get the last change, so you get to put the guys on the ice that you want on the ice against certain guys on the other t- on the other team. Uh, with the only with the lone exception being when you ice the puck. So, with that said, you know Elaine Vigneault and his staff have done a really nice job of getting the matchups that they want and and finding ones you know in advance that they feel are going to work and then finding and having them work so that's really been something that they've done well obviously you know as well as they're playing at home so i you know you you always credit that you say well why is the team so much better at home than they are on the road i always chalk that up to good coaching i mean i mean yeah you know i, I think that there's there's a lot to that i think you're right <laughs> well thanks russ i appreciate it hey by the way that game saturday is not a home game that's why I didn't have it down. Yeah, it's a road game. I know it wasn't crazy. It's in Ottawa. I always have, I I have had this entire schedule in my phone yeah, since day I screw, one. I screwed that up. I'm glad. Just, I thought, I, I so, admit it when I'm wrong. So, here we are, again, Tuesday, Thursday night, we'll be down at Wells Fargo Center in Press Row, Press Row Show. Yeah. It's available on Twitter. The pregame is over on the Crossing Broad Twitter page, at Crossing Broad. Of course, every uh, the pregame first and second intermission are at Ant San Philly, at Joy on Broad on Twitch, Joy on Broad on YouTube via YouTube Live. You pull it up on your cable box if you still have it. If you're a cord cutter, pull it up on the YouTube app under the Crossing Broad channel and over on Facebook Live over on Crossing Broad. That's where you find the Press Row Show. Check in with us all the time. You don't just have to listen to us one time a week yeah. via the radio show or, or over on the archive podcast feed. Nay, nay. You can interact with us in real time, and we will read your comment. Isn't that great? I love when you do the nay-nay. 
Watch me whip. Now watch me nay nay. <laughs> oh. So okay, let's let's take a look at the week ahead. Yes, let's look ahead. Uh, if you recall last week, I don't remember what you said the record was. So be. so look, just so I'll tell I you know, exactly. We, we I I had them. A at, lot of things were different. I had them at time. one one and one. You yeah. had them at oh one and two. Yeah. They ended up going oh and three. So you were closer. Yeah. Um, than had I them was. Winless. Um, but. but. <laughs> We made those picks based on them being healthy and not having a player lost for the season to cancer. So I think that a lot of what ended up being... Uh, oh, by the way, breaking news. Uh, Joel Farabee suspended three games. There it is! Three games for his hit on Matthew ah! Perot. Uh, we didn't even get into that. Uh, when I, it rains, I, it pours. It was He deserves a suspension. I, three games might be a little much, for, especially for a first-time offender in my mind. The NHL hates the Flyers. Uh, yeah, right. I well, I don't think that the I don't think that the NHL player safety uh, department has any kind of continuity with anything that they no. do. They every they're all over the place. Okay, they're all over the place. Um, uh, it was a late hit, um, and he deserved something. I thought he was going to get a game. I thought yeah. it'd be a one game suspension. Three is a little much, but that's going to be now. You know, you look at it, look ahead. He's going to miss all three games this week. Hooray! Which is not good. Which is not good, Russ. So, um, and we said like a week ago when we were talking about TK being out with the concussion, that Farabee might see some power play time. Yeah, get his opportunity to I, reestablish I, himself. I, I don't know who the Flyers are going to call up because the other thing with this is that you can't. When a guy's suspended, he counts against your cap. Yep. So you can't shuffle that nope. off. Oh, it's almost as if the cap actually matters. Yeah. It's, it's almost as if if you get yourself and you build a team right up against the cap, that it can eventually come back and bite you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, Here we are. It's going to be interesting. They might be. We might be seeing three games worth of uh, eleven forward, seven defensemen. Yes, bring, bring me all of the ideas of Shane Gossespierre on the wing. The press row show will be straight fire this week. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. But the, anyway, you were talking about the games this week. Yeah. So they're home uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night against the Ducks. They've got the Sabers at home on Thursday. And then they are on the road Saturday against Ottawa. How do you see this one playing out, amigo? It's so hard to say. I mean, well, geez, now you, you have no forwards left. Um, to give people an idea, the Ducks right now are in next to last in the Pacific Division. They're 14, 15, and 4. Yeah, but they're okay. They're not terrible. They're yeah. just okay. Um, Senators, 14, 17, and 2 next been, to last in the Atlantic. They've been better lately, but boy, there's going to be a... Uh, uh, you know they're going to be they're going to be out for blood because that's the who knocked TK out of the lineup. Yeah, um, and uh, Buffalo who's Buffalo's decent. sixteen, eleven, and seven. So they're technically a game under five hundred, but whatever. I'm going to go one, one, and one Two again. Center. One, one, and one. One, one, and one. <sighs> the Flyers, who are galvanized as a team, yeah, still reeling, but are galvanized as a collective front, are going to go. Oh, no, they're going to win. They're going to win two games this week. They're going to blow everybody away. They're going to beat the Ducks on Tuesday night. And they're going to go full home at ice advantage. They're going to take down the Sabres on Thursday. They're going to lose in Ottawa. They're not going to lose in Ottawa. It's going to be a letdown game. No, they're not going to lose in Ottawa. It's going to be a letdown game because they're going to start looking ahead to the typically bitter game against the Rangers the following Monday. I think they beat uh, beat, uh, Anaheim. Yeah. Uh, Shootout loss? No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, they beat Anaheim. No, no, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. They're going to lose They're gonna lose in a shootout to Anaheim. Ah. 
They're going to lose in regulation to Buffalo, and then they're oh, going and and to beat Ottawa. One, one, and one. And they're going to beat Ottawa on Saturday. That's how I see it. <sighs> hey, by the way, uh, our, we got to let our producer know that our computer's down in here. He doesn't care. Look at him back there. He's busy. He doesn't he's just, care. Oh, he's he's, oh, just, okay. he's just shaking his head. Yeah. He's just looking at pictures. Yeah. What a guy. What a guy, that Ryan Lennox. Yeah, he's good. We don't even know how much time we have left in the show. Yeah, I can't see the clock. I have no idea what the heck's going on. <sighs> I have a guess. I mean, I guess we got about a minute to go, he says right? one minute okay, to go. Okay, yeah. We have a minute so, to right. show. Thanks for checking in, listening to Snow the Goalie. No, it's been a tough week for, for fans and such. Uh, like we said, there there is a movement right now to send cards uh, down to, I believe it's to Wells Fargo Center, attention Oscar Lindblom. We'll tweet that information out uh, a little bit later. But a big thank you to Ryan Lennox on the other side of the glass. We'll be back uh, next week with Snow the Goalie Radio here on 610 ESPN. Go check this out. Leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. And we'll see you Tuesday and Thursday night for the Press Row Show.